How do you overcome other people's perception of you? By being resilient, Amy T. Meyer has forged her way as one of the first women in light infantry and eventually one of the first women in the Navy Reserves as a CB. It wasn't always easy and she was met with a lot of criticism. Now she coins herself as a volunteer-aholic, helping Fairway Cares, the American Warrior Initiative, and many others. So let's jump into this conversation with Amy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Forging Life Podcast. I am the host, Trey Ryder, and the Forging Life Podcast is about hardships, parenting, entrepreneurship, and the struggles that we deal with every single day. We will have many interviews with special guests, and you can actually see some of these interviews on YouTube, and you can even join the discussion by heading over to Facebook and typing up Forging Life Podcast and join our page. You guys, thank you so much for coming in, and I hope you enjoy season number two of the Forging Life Podcast. All right, hello everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Forging Life Podcast. I am your host, Trey Ryder, and today I have a very special guest with me. Her name is Amy Tmeyer, and we actually got connected, and I loved her backstory in regards to what she is doing. One of the things that caught my attention about her is she said that she is a volunteer-holic, and I was like, what the heck? That means she has to have a lot of different things going on, so instead of me actually talking about her, I like to hear from her about what she does and how she does it. So welcome, Amy. Well, thank you. I'm so excited to be here today and I appreciate the opportunity to share. Um, I gave myself the name Volunteerholic probably back in 2017 and I volunteered um, pretty much my whole life. You know, my parents were very active in the community and um, I just grew up that way. Even joining the army, I think um, my dad had always said, don't be afraid to volunteer because most people say don't volunteer, don't step forward, you know, different things like that. And I just always have, and I, but I've always gotten a lot from it. It's never been something that I was afraid of or have felt mistreated by. Um, I think volunteering, um, has definitely brought me relationships that I wouldn't otherwise have, opportunities, gotten me jobs, helped me to value myself um, better and differently, and um, enabled me to grow as a person just exponentially. And so with you and volunteering, we'll get to that in just a, a moment. So what is it that you do when you're not volunteering? What's the life with Amy. So that's funny. So um, my work life and my volunteer life definitely go hand in hand. And right now I consider for having a job, I have the very best job I could possibly have for me. I'm director of community impacts for a employee owned company that um, shares and inspires its employees to give to these to a couple nonprofits. One is Fairway Cares, the other one is the American Warrior Initiative. And through specifically the American Warrior Initiative, I can pair with 
AUSA, I can pair with um, Project New Hope or just different community organizations and we can work together better within the community. And so my work life and my volunteer life, like I will work a ton of hours without even thinking about it because I don't necessarily shut one off for the other and they're so in alignment. So even though I have theoretically a nine to five job, um, I also have autonomy. I always use a lot of superfluous language my boss doesn't give um, blank blankety blank about what I do on a daily basis. And that's why I love working for him. We go, we want to do this and we want to do this. And, and he doesn't care how I get there. So I get to be very creative. And behind me, which you can't see because it's a podcast, I have a wall that is a chalkboard wall. And so I can throw up all my ideas and then even have friends come in and we can go, well, how, you know, how can we get the train on the tracks? How can we get the tracks to go over the mountain? And what is our end results? And so I have a really, really cool um, job that I will be very slow to leave to enter into an entire um, entrepreneurial lifestyle because I value the people I work with so highly. You know, that's a very great point. And a lot of people on our Facebook page, one of the top votes right now is the entrepreneurial struggle that they want me to do a podcast on. So that will be something in the near future. And that is a big leap, especially when you enjoy the people that you're around. Because I found in the military, it doesn't matter where you go. The grass is not always greener on the other side. And that can be a scary factor. And come to find out, a lot of it has to do with our own mindset. So how are you preparing to make this move from a place that you, you are deeply rooted in and care about so much? And what is your why for, for moving? So... It will be, like I said, down the road. Um, and to me, my why would be for moving is more freedom. Like I would like to um, make enough from speaking, to really be a, um, what's the word? Uh, when you give to a whole bunches of things. In regards to contribution. It's contribution, but it's, there's a philanthropy. Yeah. So a philanthropist to where I could look at, um, I got an email about a animated series that is made by um, a young man of color who's just, and I've watched him over the years and the animation is really good and the content is really good and he needs to raise like $10,000. I want to be at that point where I could just write a $10,000 check to empower and work our community better. Like I'm, I am... I've never been into politics, but this last year I am so over politics as a general rule. And I feel like it's us as people who are gonna actually make our world a better world. And um, so it's freedom, I think is my why in to be able to move and travel and um, be 
on my own terms, but I will be very slow to leave this position because I love it so much. And I understand the the money piece, like you said, like um, if I wanted to buy another house in another area or anything like that, um, either it's got to be well over two years after that or, you know, a lot of moving pieces. Yeah, so for those that don't know what we're speaking about, because that was something that we spoke about off the air. And what she's talking about is I have a nine to five job. Some of you know this and I work for the post office and I also do coaching. I have courses I'm getting ready to create and I have the whole layouts for those as well as this podcast. So I'm crazy busy and I can't just leave my nine to five job unless I was to go and buy my house outright. And for me, I have to have a nine to five job to when we go to move from Pennsylvania to North Carolina or Virginia or wherever we're going. And um, so for me, I am holding this position because I need to be able to provide the mortgage unless I paid all cash. And let's be realistic. Um, I'm not going to pay all cash for a house. So, <laughs> but uh, that's what Amy is uh, speaking about. And I love what you're you're talking about so you can kind of slowly migrate as you need by the sounds of that of what you're speaking about is that correct amy you can just kind of take your time to slowly build what you need to i believe so and i think there's even for me personally there might be a medium um step um i was talking to a a a gentleman who's sort of a coach for me And he was talking to me that when the time is right, I should um, ask about going to be a 1099 employee. And, you know, that's not anything you could do in the post office. But for me, um, it could be a win-win for both. Like maybe I just do certain events and do certain community things for the company, but they don't pay me as a full-time employee. So they're not having to pay all my benefits package and stuff like that which because I'm a veteran, I go to the VA for most of mine. As a female veteran, there's far less of us. And so I've been um, very happy with the care that I get, sort of. I mean, there's philosophies that are different, but, um, but I've been pretty happy with the care that I get. And so that gives me another um, advantage to moving slowly. And utilizing the relationship to its fullest capacity so that when, you know, so it's not, uh, I hear I'm given two weeks notice and although I've loved you, peace out, I can do this and they might even get more from it. So you glossed over this a couple of times. And for those that can't see, I'm actually wearing a veteran shirt as we speak. And I hold all veterans to the highest Uh, in regards to thanking them so much for everything that they do. So first and foremost, thank you for taking, um, you know, a part of you and giving to this nation. So let's talk about that service. Uh, What did you do? How long did you serve? If you don't mind sharing about it. So I joined the army when I was 17 and I only did one tour. I was in light infantry, one of the first women in light infantry, because it was over 30 years ago. Um, was, we went from M16A1s to M16A2s in Korea, and that was all through my arms room. 
um, got married in Korea, started having kids. So got out of the military. My ex-husband was actually in military intelligence. And then um, he got out or was medically retired. And um, so I went from being mom to needing to be the primary breadwinner. So I went back in the Navy reserves and became one of the first women CVs because my dad owned a sheet metal company when I was growing up. And so they allowed me to test out of being a CV. And so sheet metal, um, heating, ventilating, architectural sheet metal. So I just took the final exams. And um, so I finished my eight years in the uh, Navy reserves stationed out here at JBLM with the Marine Corps unit. And then funny enough, my husband served uh, seven years active duty Marine Corps, and now he's in the Air Force Reserves. So we have four of the six services now. So who's going into the Space Force? Right? <laughs> I do not know. So I had an Maybe interview my daughter. last night with somebody. And they're same thing. They're a veteran. They uh, work at a, a school, and one of their their projects is um, it's about we the people, and it's one of the organizations they do for military as well. And had I not asked you this question, we wouldn't have realized that you have kind of paved the way in history for everything. You're talking about one of the first women in CBs, correct? Yeah. And then one of the first women in the light infantry. And that's huge. That's something to applaud. And to bring this back, what were some of the struggles because of the fact that you were one of the first uh, women there? Did you have struggles or was it accepted? I was not accepted. Um, so when I got to my duty station, which is Fort Drum, my uh, first sergeant said, I hate female soldiers. You're more trouble than you're worth. And if you have a problem, don't come to me. And this was the first time, you know, of course I'd gone through basic training and AIT, but the first time I was away from my family. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. And so we had uh, brand new barracks, beautiful barracks um, in the early 90s. Um, I think Fort Drum had just been uh, renovated. So they were, they were super nice, but they were uh, co-ed. So you would share a bathroom with the like suite mate and stuff. Um, so some of the guys, it always felt like there were guys that either wanted to be with you or hated you being there. And I was um, a late bloomer and I'm not necessarily, uh, you know, I didn't date anybody up until I went into the military. Like, you know, I was 17. I grew up with a ton of guys, always had a ton of guy friends, never really had very many girlfriends. And so I already knew what guys said about girls when they weren't around. And so um, just being by myself, it was really hard. It was, um, but my, that first sergeant, after a certain amount of time, he came up to me and he goes, you know, I really actually think you're extraordinary. Do you want awards or rank? And, and I'm not kind of an awards person. So I was like, well, rank, cause that's money, right? 
And so I went from E1 to E4 in about 11 months, which was um, really fast. Um, and it's because um, I just, I pretty much kept to myself. I've kind of always been a loner. I'm creative. I always see things really differently. And, you know, eventually your friends find you, you know, and I, um, I had a roommate that enjoyed the opposite sex so much. I slept more in the day room than in my bedroom. And um, so I had other uh, soldiers that would actually stay in the day room with me and stuff like that. And so there was just, there was a lot of angst, but, you know, I made it through it. Um, you know, that's, I like hearing these stories because prior to me getting out, they started getting, uh, females into the Rangers and, you know, there's definitely a lot of different, uh, milestones that were being opened up rightfully so to women, you know, uh, all these other different jobs, uh, like I said, going into the Rangers and regular infantry. And it, it's just amazing to see. And, you know, by all means, I applaud each and every one of all of us for doing that. So thank you so much for sharing. Because like I said, I, I know I, I used to be military police. I did investigations. And I would see all too often that women were not necessarily handed the same hand as the men would be. So that's why I was curious to hear about your side of the story. So thank you so much for sharing. And I wanna get into uh, a little bit more about the, the director of community impact. What do you have going on right now? So right now um, we're working this year on trying to fund about um, 12 service animals for local veterans because we really, really, really feel like service animals are a way to help veterans work through triggers and de-escalate situations. And when you look at um, suicidal ideation and depression and everything that's happening with COVID, um, I really feel like it's one of the solutions. And before me, um, Fairway's done a really great job of funding service animals. But because um, there isn't anybody paid by AWI, so every dollar that I get donated goes to right to the veterans, which is super sexy, right? But the downside of that is there's nobody who's tracking the veterans, verifying things, retesting dogs, stuff like that. And so my boss wanted me to um, take what they were doing and what they were doing great, but level it up. So I have a closed Facebook page that's Dogs of AWI. Um, I meet with the veterans pretty much every week. Um, we've actually, we had kind of a hiccup with the first um, gentleman that we used to train our dogs. He hasn't worked out. Um, and so I'm working with a new company to train our dogs. And so I've learned a ton about um, how to verify a reputable uh, training program and what, um, uh, designations to look for and different things like that and different types of dogs and all sorts of stuff. And so that's one of our big things. So we have, I'm coordinating a, a golf tournament in September called Putts for Paws. 
Um, and that's our big initiative this year. However, for the civilian side, we also do fairway cares. So we're doing putting for packages, which is when somebody gets diagnosed with stage four cancer or there's loss of life, we do these amazing care packages. And they, the person doesn't ever have to have even heard of fairway. And it's just our way to um, bring some comfort to people going through just some really challenging times. And so it's something our loan officers can literally email me a name and an address and what's going on and I take care of it all for them. And so it's these things that, that also makes me fall in love with the company that I work for, <laughs> that they do these different things and they just wanna make impacts. And so I'm trying to make as big of impacts. So I share that story. So the real estate agents in our area could reach out to me and we'd absolutely do it for their um, uh, network, you know, that kind of thing. And so I found out like this morning, somebody in my Kiwanis club passed. So I'm getting the address of the widow and I'll send her a care package. She's 90 years old. I'm not concerned with, we're not going to sell her house, you know, and it, and I'm not going to announce it at Kiwanis that it'll be up to her if she wanted to. Um, and things like that, that I think are just the little things. It's the little things that matter, right? That we've learned this last year. Absolutely. This whole year and a half or however long it's been now, it's just been very life-changing. Uh, you know, there's, there are bads, but there's also a lot of goods that are coming of it. And people will focus on all the negatives and how many people have gotten sick, how many uh, people lost their jobs, but we're not speaking about how many jobs are actually created out of this situation now. You know, coming up and reinventing how we are communicating. I'm talking to you on Zoom to do this podcast. And, you know, it's not like we have to be in the same exact room. And there's just a lot of amazing things, a lot of, you know, just this reach here. One of the questions I do want to ask you, you'll have to answer yet, but is if somebody like one of our listeners wanted to be able to help Amy out or help an organization that you're, you're helping, what is a way that they could actually do that? Well, I think... You can look up at the American Warrior Initiative, and I, I would say that my favorite uh, nonprofits would be probably the American Warrior Initiative, Wear Blue, Run to Remember, um, AUSA Locally, um, and I can explain that. Um, but I think you're right. So this last year, and I was just writing um, with somebody about this, this last year, I've raised about $130,000. We had funded two service animals. We paid for COVID um, packs for soldiers that were stationed at JBLM so that their mind stayed right while they were in quarantine. We've, um, we paid for 800 different meals. And this is through like a combination of AUSA and New Hope and um, different organizations working together. I think this year allowed me to, to mix nonprofits better. And um, I appreciated that. Uh, that ability. And so uh, I wrote three veteran service grants for veteran-owned businesses to help keep them uh, afloat. I've done um, first responder meals. I've done um, 
comfort packs for new babies that were born. Um, just a tremendous, oh, uh, we, we supported 238 National Guard families in the state of Washington over Christmas. We've done like all these things that have these overlapping ties. And I think it's been a really relationship building years, you know? And the one thing that I think that we need to move forward um, better with is our conversations. We need to be able to have dissenting opinions, but to really be able to learn the art of the conversation. I don't feel like we've ever had that as a society, at least not here in the US where we can have dissent. We've always said, just don't talk about politics, religion, um, race, equality, different things like that. And I don't feel like that has been the secret sauce in our success. And I think that we need to um, work together better, but we need to start with our voices. You know, that's a very interesting point. And it's, it, it does, it, it's true. A lot of people don't necessarily hold great conversations. And that's part of what I do and, you know, in regards to understanding the communication flow and like for me, I'm sitting here, I'm talking to you about you and what you do and what that does in a communication uh, setting is that makes you feel up or fill up a lot more as if I'm not saying I don't care, but that I care to ask and learn about you because the very first thing that we all love to do is to talk about ourselves. And a lot of times now, because of how connected we are with social media, phones, um, just so much going on, there's so much noise that we're not literally connecting. We're not looking at each other in the face and in the eyes anymore and sitting there to listen and hear the words that are coming out of your mouth and soak that in. Oftentimes we listen to respond or to react, not to listen to learn. So what I am doing with you, I am listening to learn about you, about your mission, what you do. There's a big difference there. So I'm not listening to respond and making you just feel better about yourself. So um, this is kind of a very off topic, but I, I felt like I wanted to address it since you definitely brought that up. And I do appreciate that. So uh, in regards to your mission now, one of my friends, they ended up having a service dog and he feels that, you know, it truly saved his life between the service dog and his wife, you know, that they are the, the two things that really have brought him down to earth and helped cope with so much. And I definitely, that's why I stand behind. Once I heard about some of your missions, I, I could resonate very well with you and what you're doing. So is there any websites that we can go to, to, to learn or to help out, maybe donate or anything towards your causes, what's going on? Sure. The American Warrior Initiative is a website that um, accepts donations. Um, I can um, message you after this. I do have a text to, which just goes to my bucket. Um, and like I said, no, no administrative costs or anything are taken out of it. And then I get to um, help find the local veterans, local to Washington state <laughs> um, and different things like that. But I will also say like last year in this area, we had one veteran shoot another veteran and it was a um, 
vehicle rage um, situation. And it was horrible, you know, and it was both of them were armed and, you know, it was who fired first best kind of scenario. And the veteran that um, died on the scene, the other veteran waited till police got there, explained the situation. The one that, that, that died was actually known in the community for being super triggered. You know, had was dealing with hypervigilance, all sorts of things. I truly believe if either one of them had had a service animal, they would have been able to de-escalate on either side because it would have been a distraction. It just would have been a complete um, de-escalation of that. And so I just feel like it is, it's huge. And our first service animal this last year that we gave was to a Marine Corps female veteran. And she said that she has shared that her dog is, has absolutely saved her life. And she was not at all leaving her house at all for any reason, not for groceries, not for anything, not even leaving her room. And her children were super concerned about how to even move forward with her. And now she takes, she has a chocolate lab and she takes a lab to Home Depot or the grocery store or whatever. And so she's leaving her house, you know, um, and doing things uh, regularly. And we walk regularly. And I didn't and know her before that. That's a big thing too, in regards to people that are going through depression. Um, you know, it, it's the fact of getting your body moving. And one of the, the big things that people in a depressive state is they're going to start confining themselves and shrinking up. That's why when people are depressed, that's why they're looking down. That's why their shoulders are slumped forward. And just by changing our, our body uh, physically about how we're standing will actually empower us. So by getting her out of the house and having that service animal and uh, people that are helping to do that, it's a big difference. So it, I appreciate and I, I really do. I, I like I love this conversation. And I know that you have a, another meeting that you have to uh, jump into. Is there anything that you feel I have not asked that you would like to address or tell our listeners about? I do think, um, sure, there's one thing, is overcoming other people's perceptions, even within the nonprofit world, um, does um, happen. Like uh, all the veteran service organizations, in my opinion, are um, people of a more interesting age. And people of a more interesting age have very um, strong beliefs on roles of um men versus women, veterans, and different things like that. When I started, um, when I chose to get involved in AUSA, one of the reasons why is because it did not have an auxiliary and it was completely inclusive and started as inclusive from the outside at least. What I found out though is that um, a lot of veterans um, would self-decide what my abilities were and because I wasn't an officer and I wasn't an officer's wife I didn't retire then I shouldn't be a chapter president or something like and when I became chapter president because I'm super Pollyanna 
you know, you wrote a speech about all the different ways that we want AUSA to be, you know, engaging for active duty soldiers and stuff like that. Went up against an 87 year old lawyer and won by like three votes. And then a retired general actually went to every chamber of commerce and said he was no longer going to be a part of AUSA because I am. So super um, humiliating um, and super public. And so as soon as he was done speaking, I stood up, I said, my name is Amy T. Meyer. I'm the new chapter president. I'm super excited to be here. And we have the zombie apocalypse and we have turkey drop and ham grenade coming in. Let me know what you have questions on. I have all the flyers and I just pretended like it didn't happen. And now he is one of my biggest um, supporters. I just didn't let it affect me. And I knew, and I believed in my own personal vision of giving back. And so I think if you have um, good ethics, a good vision, don't worry about other people's perception of your limitations. Yeah, that is such a great point and very well said. And a lot of it stems from, we look at the world right now, Black Lives Matter, all these different marches, things are going on. And it all stems at the very home that we grow up in, first and foremost, because our beliefs nine times out of 10 are not our beliefs, they come from somewhere else. And until you can wrap your head around that, yes, you know, it, everybody does have equal rights, saying it is one thing, but when you've been living a different lifestyle, it's hard to change that. So sometimes it does take consistent action and also being open to being aware that there is a possibility of something better out there. So thank you for continuing to show us. And um, I applaud you for holding strong to make a difference because at the end of the day, that was part of your why. That's why you're doing the entrepreneur stuff. And you're starting to, to veer that way because of the fact you see this bigger vision, this bigger picture of helping other people. So if I can be of any assistance, please uh, don't he ever hesitate to reach out to any of us as we would love to reach out to you. So um, other than that, Amy, I know you only have like a matter of minutes before your next meeting. So thank you so much. And um, you guys go check out uh, Amy T. Meyer. Uh, you can look at some of these different things that she has going on. She spoke about the American Warrior Initiative, the Fairway, and uh, if you want to be able to get involved in some of the things she has going on in regards to the canine training, please uh, reach out to me, leave a message. You guys should be part of the Facebook group now for the podcast, and we can always link each other up because uh, what we do, it's all about networking, who we know. And a lot of people don't want to hear that. Oh, it's about who you, who you know and not what you do. Well, it's, it's part of both. It's about what you're doing, but you have to know the right people to help you get that hand up in life. So it's not a hand out. Yeah, it's not a hand out. It's a hand up. But you have to have that proper action backing what you do. And Amy, I, that's exactly what you do. So uh, thank you so much for your time, Amy. And the rest of you, make the rest of the day the best of your day. Thank you again for having me. And everybody have a great day. Yeah. My pleasure, Amy.
Thank you for taking the time and listening to this podcast. If you're enjoying the Forging Life podcast, I ask you this. Take a moment and head over and rate this podcast. If you're listening to it on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever platform you enjoy the most, please just take a moment so that way it will help get this episode or episodes into the ears of somebody else. And if you would like to join the discussion, make sure you head over to the Facebook page, Forging Life Podcast, and join us there.